I only am going to allow myself one beer today. <laughs> look, how, look how big that thing is. Oh, what are those called? A Crowler. It's yeah, a seven, that's right. That's 750 right. milliliter. I like that. What kind of brew? Where the, where's that from? It's from uh, Dual Citizen. It's the Golden Greek Golden Ale. Dude, that's awesome. I took inspiration from your uh, our our last last episode and I cracked a 2017 darkness right now. I did a, a little bit earlier. Today? Yeah. Ooh, wow. Dude, I'm telling you, darkness is is so consistent in how good it is. It's mm. so consistent. Oh, this beer is delicious. I don't want to make too many I'm salivating. I don't want to make m- m- mouth muck into the mic. <laughs> need a back away to swallow my saliva that just happened <laughs> <laughs> mouth muck yeah you oh, don't man. oh that's tasty yeah. wow it's so oh, god i love a good pilsner oh wait no this isn't no it's a golden ale i don't even know what that means but basically you know it is what it is yeah it is i feel like i'm drinking a golden ale a mick golden ale <laughs> i believe that is a golden ale <laughs> And uh, it's, you know, it's the light version. You know, got to watch them carbs, baby. favorite snack or like stoner kind of fixin it's uh you take two uh eggos you can do chocolate chip or blueberry and you pop them in the toaster and then you make a pb and j out of them you know what it's funny that you would say that because all this week and i'm talking every single day i have popped in blueberry eggos and just smothered peanut butter on them and just ate them straight up dude dude Make a PB&J out of it. I'm down for that. I'm so down for that. It's so tasty. <laughs> it is the ultimate like stoner food for me. You know, I you you kind of had me worried with the uh, sour cream on a saltine cracker, but I think <laughs> I I think PB&J out of some waffles sounds fantastic. I can't believe sour cream on a saltine sounds odd, dude. I asked so many people. What? And I, about their opinion on that, I was like, I just, I, I, <laughs> I was like, hey, so like, am I like, am I the asshole? Like, I mean, <laughs> I was like, well, what's the okay? So what's the consensus? Though? The verdict was, I have never heard of sour cream on a saltine before. It's like you know, top the tater, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So top the tater is basically sour cream with some chives in it. Sure. And now think about dipping a saltine cracker in that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I would never dip a saltine in top the tater. So that's the what? thing. Oh, weird. Dude, it's a really great combination. It's something my dad invented, I believe. Of course. Maybe it's just like one of those things my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad. <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> there are a few things that i am okay with dipping in top of the tater 
Okay. One of those is Doritos nacho okay. cheese. Doritos sure. nacho cheese, right? Right. But that's a commitment because if you're diving into the tub, you're going to be contaminated. It's going to be contaminated, absolutely. Modify the flavor profile. That's absolutely right. But the other thing is Frito-Lay's scoops. Frito-Lay's <laughs> scoops. I don't know if I've <laughs> ever seen those. Yeah, you you have. They're like the Fritos corn chips that are like the the rectangular but like kind of curled. Oh, I didn't know those had no I didn't know those had a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Frito-Lay's scoops. So you, so you like corn chips? Yeah. Oh, I see Frito scoops. That's a corn chip, all right. Absolutely. Oh, they have flavors. They got flavors, all right. Oh, Some dang. jalapeno and uh, a pinch of salt. A little pinch, a little, uh, a little pinch roll of salt. Pinch and roll, baby. That's how I. That's my preferred method of uh, itch relief. There's the stretch and rake, and the pinch roll. Which leads me to our first ad break of uh, the Nate and Mitch Are Friends podcast. Oh, really? So, no, I'm just We kidding. actually have a read? Oh. God, I wish. But, uh, the but like, if we ever did an ad for, like, uh, like Manscaped or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they would be, like, tired of pinching and rolling. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you gotta, man, I mean, do you think that's a part of it? Having long pubic, um, uh, uh you know uh ball hairs i actually think the opposite i think that if you if you shave mm-hmm. then you tend to get the itch yeah i got the itch right now but if you don't shave then it's just it, it's just an unkempt garden and uh you don't want that no i feel like it's less sanitary but you, there's an amount between like little boy you know like put on some spongebob swim trunks and go to like a water slide and then just full-blown homeless man because you know homeless people definitely have like really probably pretty bad bushes right yeah but i mean again it's kind of one of those things where they can't really help it i think you know those facebook videos where they uh give like homeless people like haircuts (laughs) i think the the behind the scenes un (laughs) the the unseen uh, video is them like being like so carpet match the drapes <laughs> yeah. let's do this thing they give him a perm and so yeah i don't know it, there's there's a fine line between between uh complete shaving and uh just kind of keeping up you know keeping up the trim oh yeah you got to keep up that trim got to trim you got to trim that shrib <laughs> <laughs> uh so i want to say Congratulations, Nate. Because his baby daughter was just born the other day. Yes. Yes, she was. Actually, as of the the last recording. Literally the next day. Maybe three hours after that, my wife was in labor. Yeah, dude. Wild. Really called it on the whole, like, hey, this is the last time I get to share a beer with you uh, as a not dad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. How did the whole thing go? Did it everything go fine yeah it would dude i have like a lot to say but again i don't i i mean i just don't know if people would be interested in it but i don't know i mean fuck it i'll i'll talk about it yeah i'm curious i want to hear it we did our our little our podcast and then you know i we stopped recording whatever i went to bed and then yeah like i said maybe three hours later 
um, my wife was feeling kind of pukey, like just weirdly pukey. Really? Yeah. And then she was like, I don't, this is so weird. Like what, what is going on? She felt like it was the first time she was pukey since like early, um, pregnancy, which tends to happen a lot, of course. Um, but then she was like, eh, it's, it's kind of passing. I think everything's fine. And then maybe 30 minutes later, it was like, bam, water broke. Whoa. And then she was, she was like, oh, 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 here we are. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was like one thirty, I want to say. And I was like, what's happening? She's like, I, I think my water broke. Uh, okay. And then she, she, she called the hospital. Of course it. it if if anybody's ever been through labor or anything like that they they basically say well we can't check over the phone you know whether it's a true water break or not we they were basically like yeah just come in and we'll check you out we'll see what's going on what hold on what even is that water breaking we got a fucking water balloon up there and the baby pops it and it's like now it's time to come out i i don't want to know and i i don't want to question <laughs> Did you have a wet spot on the carpet <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about okay, that. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> uh, no, but so we went we went into the hospital uh, maybe like an hour later because she wasn't really having any contractions or anything. It was just like water broke and then contractions very infrequent, super infrequent. It was like whatever. Got to the hospital. I played uh, Push It to the Limit by Corbin Blue. Yeah, uh, just, <laughs> just very very loudly and uh yeah all of a sudden they were having like a hard time it wasn't alarming but they were like the heartbeat is not in the position that we think it should be they did a quick ultrasound turns out baby was upside down meaning oh. feet first yeah they basically were like well we're gonna we're going to do a C-section then. It was all so fast. So basically from from one thirty when her water broke yeah. uh, all the way until 5.56. 5.56 is when our child was was born into the world. But, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a handful of hours. Did they do the spanking? No, no. Oh, okay. I don't know, man. <laughs> The last medical book I read was from 1920, so I don't... Right, <laughs> right. But I did do a cut on the umbilical cord. You, That's like the grand opening of a store, like you're opening a <laughs> Toys R Us or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, they were like, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? I was like, uh, I guess, I'm here, like, here we go. And, uh... Wow. Yeah, it was, like, I cried a yeah. bunch. I mean that's like as soon as so it it was it was utter chaos like when we when we actually got to the the surgical room where it was like usually they like prep them the whoever's having surgery and then then they bring in whoever whoever's kind of like helping with that especially during you know as we're recording this it's it's covid-19 you know high season so everything is like extra cautious right but i 
they just were like, yeah, come on in. And I just like sat on like a random chair. They were like, yeah, you can sit here. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Yeah. And uh, very quick surgery and everything went perfect. It was pretty crazy because you could hear everybody kind of like yelling station notes, you know, because yeah. it's like one person's obviously doing incision and. Oh, it was a C-section? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. It was it was all like a bunch of people doing different things and uh, it was it was crazy like I <laughs> I don't know I was they they call it like a she's in like the the crucifix position so like her arms yeah, yeah. her arms are like tied down and yeah. like and everything like that and then they put like a big sheet like kind yeah. of towards the front of her and she was anesthetized right yeah but not like like she couldn't feel that she was happening. just balling that's what yeah she wasn't out but she was balling yeah it was i don't i don't know like she she kind of had this um man i don't know it it was crazy because it was so early in the morning and i was so tired but also i was so jazzed about what was going on and so she yeah she had some you know surgical drugs in her and I was sitting like right next to her and as soon as baby came out and like you could hear the the baby kind of crying like I just immediately started kind of like busting into tears you know just and straight I was like, busting into tears yeah because no I, I I mean I would too you know the thing is I've never seen you emote very much and I don't. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're I, fairly whatever. I really Level. don't, and and everything, everything emotion wise, I I tend to kind of keep to myself. I don't know. It's just yeah. You, I'm sure you've seen me cry because I, I fucking cry all the time. That's the thing is like I I feel like I I do cry a lot, but I don't yeah. really. I I don't you do, do it. In the it shower. Or, <laughs> yeah yeah with my cutoff jorts yeah, yeah on yeah no but it, it was something special man like there's yeah. there's a it's so cliche but it, it's one of those things where it's like there you don't really experience that type of love and affection toward like a, a another human being until you've had like a kid yeah. and that kid like i'm like constantly 100 percent of the time i'm just kind of like bursting with emotion towards this child because i love them so much you yeah. know i mean i can't imagine but i can imagine yeah yeah because i mean you have you have nieces nephews yeah yeah i got a few so i got a bunch of siblings and the thing is is like i think that that person personally I think that comes pretty close, but there's nothing like knowing this is my child. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, there's just something special about it where you're just kind of like this. This person is, you know, just part of who I am. I mean, it's so weird because there's so much to it. Because when there's like a lot of pressure on you, because now it's your, she's your responsibility to turn into a a good person you know and like you can totally break you know her ruin her life or make it the best life possible but then also like the thing that i think about is just like i'm bringing a person into this world and there's so much fucking pain 
I mean, there's a lot of joy, you know, but just like the thought of like bringing a person into kind of a disgusting world freaks me out. I am totally with you. I mean, it's it's something that it was kind of a, a battle back and forth because, you know, my wife and I, we were trying to have kids. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> can, I, can I just say something like, yeah, yeah, you came over. God, I don't even remember when, but you came over once and you're like, you know, man, on the drive here, I was thinking about how, like, anytime someone says we're trying to have kids. All you're saying is, I'm coming in my wife. And then you're like, we had a laugh. And then you're like, anyway, so Ellie and her are trying to have a kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know if a comedian has like said that yet as like one of their bits. I've seen a tweet where it was pretty close. Okay. Okay. Because but. as as part of like my tight five, if I ever like go on stage or something, I mean that's that's it. Like that's part of it. That's got to be part of it. Yeah, that's a solid one. That's the first thought that kind of pops into my head because I I, I used to live with a bunch of people who were very very Christian and a lot of the talk was especially when they were married as as soon as you're married like, "Oh, when are you having kids?" and stuff like that. And uh it's 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 one of those weird things where I feel like that's a weird question to ask people. Number one, I don't think you should ever ask that to to someone. You know, it's kind of it, it's kind of like the asking if someone's pregnant thing. Yeah, and they're just fat. Because I did that once. I did it to a uh, one of a actually a, t- a teacher from the high school we went to. I saw her a couple years after graduation, and she was a. Uh, actually like a family friend of ours i guess she's like friends with uh some of my cousins so she came up and she's talking to me about my family and stuff and then she's like a marathon runner you know and so you got to be in some form you know level of fitness but anyway she like she kind of had a belly but she didn't look like she was gained weight you know and so i was just like and i know she had like three kids already so i like just was like hey yeah you got another one on the way and she's like nope just fat I was just like, okay, that's oh no, that sucks. And I was like making her lemonade or something, so I'm just standing there for like thirty more seconds. <laughs> Suck. So that's tough because you're basically if you if you miss the uh, they're actually pregnant, you're you're basically saying, ah, so you're a little tubby, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like you're noticeably your stomach is protruding a noticeable amount. What's up with that? Did your husband come in you? <laughs> but the other thing is is that i mean it's kind of like a more serious note but like uh i I feel like a lot of especially like the older generation is just like like as soon as people are getting married they're like when are you having kids and like stuff like that and this is gonna seem very i don't know get on my soapbox level but like don't ask people that don't ask like it's it's something that i mean it's it's kind of tough to talk about because I personally, I know people who actually want to have kids, but they're struggling. Right. And uh, from a personal experience, we actually went through that as well. You yeah. know, it was like 15, 16 months of of perpetually trying yeah. uh, and just not seeing any results or maybe seeing results and then having something maybe 
a couple weeks later you know yeah something yeah and that's tough enough as it is you know and i don't know so that that's the that's my whole spiel and you know it's it is what it is and like i'm not going to get personally offended by anything like that but i know people that are trying and they have this like weird pressure from like parents or peers or whoever else and it's like dude it's gonna happen when it happens if we even want that yeah no kidding i feel like people just assume you want to have kids but a lot of people don't you know i still don't know how i feel about it but no and i mean especially nowadays it's really tough to say definitively yes we do or do not you know even the do not like i do not want to have kids i mean it's like that's also a a major decision as well yeah that is a pretty big it's a it's an interesting choice to just say nope i am not gonna procreate which right you know i don't mind it does seem there's something slightly unethical about procreating but maybe there isn't i know i've thought about this like a ton and (laughs) it's a weird like it's almost like a it's a semi like selfish thing yeah yeah yeah. no totally it it does seem to, it is totally selfish yeah i don't know what it is but it's it's just like a you're you're kind of like the you know i mean you know i just got done watching the sopranos yeah and uh <laughs> i'm on uh i'm on uh where am i i'm on season four just started season four Ooh. yeah yeah i'm cooking they just Dang, let's see they dude. just killed uh jackie jr in the worst death scene i've seen <laughs> fucking ever Right, just outside in that pile. <laughs> Fat ass Beto. Like, <laughs> where did he come from? <laughs> there's like witnesses. Like, there's a dude he walks by. Like, what? Dude, there. Okay, let's, you know. Okay, let me say what I was going to say to tie into the Sopranos, and then let's talk about the Sopranos a little bit. So, the the with the Sopranos and just that kind of that kind of mob, mafia, gangster life, they always are wanting to to pass down their genes to the next generation. Right. So having like a male heir for lack of a better word is like, is like the, the pinnacle, like the best thing, you know, that you could have to pass down, you know, what you know to the next generation. Yeah. Kind of a monarchy ish. Oh, it's a patriarchal thing, I guess, but yeah, but the, (laughs) So the thing is, is like <laughs> for as as great as that show is, there are so many times when they kill people and it's just like, yeah, but like forensics would have found that in like two seconds. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I know there's some real lazy shit going on in that show sometimes, but absolutely. They, they, they'll like shoot somebody, kill them and then just like drop the murder weapon. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's like even without like prints or anything like that could probably be easily be traceable yeah or they like uh let's see i just saw the episode where christopher kills the the cop that killed his dad or supposedly whatever the cop tries to renege it but he just like kind of grabs the gun with a handkerchief and like puts it in his hand as if he killed himself behind his own couch like in a you know like it's a little lazy but fucking whatever just a bunch of fanooks <laughs> i know fanook <laughs> I like that eating pussy is gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the same time, though, you're kind of, like, in admiration for, like, how ballsy these people are. Right. And and also, you know that 
most of them, if not all of them, are like paying off the cops in some way, or the cops are working for them. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where like the illusion is kind of a little bit broken, but at the same time, God, is it a fantastic show! I love that show. I enjoy. It. I think Tony Soprano as a character is great. He is such a good character. Like in James Gandolfini does. Just is Tony Soprano. I don't know. Can't imagine anyone else playing him. There's okay. So and this this is no spoiler yet. I mean, it's it, but the way that the sound design is in the show, any other show, this would be edited out. But you can hear that motherfucker breathing. Yeah, Do you notice right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's real nasally and shit. So nasally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so nasally, and just and and like they they don't edit that out. And I'm yeah, I'm like, like that, yeah. you hear like <sighs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's just eating the gabagool, you know, and <laughs> like uh, uh, yeah, and like I admire that so much because I don't know what it is, but it kind of paints him as this kind of just fucking like i don't know pig you know just like (laughs) like i i don't know how else to describe it it gives him a real presence in the show like he just has like he in a presence like in the in the room and also he's built like a fucking gorilla you know he's got a big head no neck you know (laughs) right i just love the i love the idea of a gangster going to therapy yeah i know like such a good concept for a show that's a good premise i was just gonna say i mean they do a really good job of in my opinion making literally everybody else in the show unlikable (laughs) except for tony i feel like tony's the only likable guy in a weird way and everyone else is just kind of unlikable i don't know how to put it there's a couple people that are like cool but yes like uh well i i I mean i'm just i'm just gonna say nothing yet once you finish it we'll maybe we'll just like do a spoiler episode of just the sopranos i mean i'll have this finished by the end of the week i'll have it finished by the end of the week i think yeah i i'm very curious to to hear your thoughts on a couple things so okay i'm gonna leave it at that i'm just gonna leave it at that (laughs) so within the last like month and a half I I watched through the Sopranos for the first time and I and I got to say it personally and it, it has to probably do with the fact that I love that like Ameri- American gangster and mafia shit yeah but like for me it's it's kind of a top tier show personally yeah I think it fucking rules man yeah I mean like the production's like a little aged you know but I mean yeah. like whatever but I mean, it's it's uh, some of it's over twenty years old. Yeah, exactly. You know, most of it is over uh, over fifteen years old. Right. You know, and if you think about the stuff that was coming out in like two thousand one, two thousand two, especially yeah. with like CGI and like stuff like that yeah, and yeah. production, the Incredible like, Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they didn't do anything to sacrifice the production too bad i mean i guess we'll we'll say a spoiler but i think it was like two season two Mm -hmm. where the mother actually died in real life tony soprano's mother 
Oh yeah. Oh, is that why they kill her off? I don't. I don't actually know. But the actress who plays Tony Soprano's mother in real life, she died, mm-hmm. and then in that same episode, they, they she actually dies as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she just kind of dies. There's kind of like a weird CGI effect where they kind of like paste her face Whoa. on onto a body yeah oh okay no it's a scene where it's a shot reverse shot of her and tony talking right yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i noticed that i noticed there was like some really awkward lighting like the, there was something yeah. off about it i think they just took her face and her acting from other scenes yeah and just put it on a body yeah it was weird i do remember seeing that and being like what's with this like something is off here Kind of that uncanny valley feeling. Yeah, it. Look, she's like green screened it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I think I. I think I'd watched that maybe two or three days ago, and was like, "This is weird. Ooh, this is a tasty beer, but aromas of lemon pith and slight black pepper, and then finished with some more lemon notes. Very smooth, almost creamy, in texture. So I think I found a. Uh... 2015 darkness that i have yeah still roaming around (laughs) it's either 15 or 16 yeah and um (laughs) it's just kind of there i i so what i do is i anytime i buy like a bomber like a 750 mil of like a, a special i usually buy two and then you let the other mellow. Yeah, drink one and then let the other mellow. And I think I found like a 2015 or 16. So I have that mellowing in my uh, closet. Sick. You hiccuping? <laughs> Not yet, but it's <laughs> getting close. On there. <laughs> Let's see. What did uh, I'm going to look at what I wrote down. Cause, uh, I, I have wrote a couple of things written down. <laughs> yeah, what do you got written down? <laughs> let me see. I've got... Uh, I wrote down a couple uh, thoughts. One was uh, Christopher Maltesano and uh, Sopranos makes doing heroin look really fun. <laughs> Dude, I gotta say, okay, you know what? I I know that was a quick topic, but like, let's talk about that. So sure. So everyone in the Sopranos is either drinking or doing drugs or just having sex. Yeah, with totally. anything that moves, just smashing. Yeah, there, there's like something about like. Let me preface this by saying like I would never like do the things that they do, of course. But of course there's not. such a there's such a power element. Yeah. To them doing these things that you're just you you can't help but be like, man, these motherfuckers are badass. Yeah. You yeah, know, right. it's not good. You know, fuck it. There's spoilers. Like when they're gonna go kill pussy, yeah, you know, and they're drinking that whiskey in the in the car, and it's like, God, I want to do that. Yeah, like the thing is, is like there's such an element of badassery. God, these dudes, like you, yeah. <laughs> there's there's something about them that you're just kind of like, I don't know, you you can't really explain it, but it's it's just this like power element, which is which is kind of bad because you know it. I mean, it's bad. It's they're bad people. <laughs> Yeah, because the the show, and especially Tony Soprano as the uh, main character, is the perfect 
anti-hero. Right. You know, yeah. where yeah, no, he's kind of likable. Uh, I mean, I, I find him likable, understandable. Exactly. Even. And it's like, God, I don't want to like this guy because of what he does. But at the yeah. same time, you can't help it. So there's that episode where uh, Polly and Chris get stuck in the woods, <laughs> you know, and uh, Tony laughs at uh, their uh, buddy. I forget his name because he comes out in the camo. There's something about Tony being like, hey, sorry, I laughed at you, which was like really interesting because he felt bad. But at the same time, when he laughed at Robbie coming out in full camo and yeah. like the orange vest, yeah. like you're and he's like, what the fuck you doing? You yeah. know, and I'm like, like, you're kind of like, dude. <laughs> fucking funny dude tony's also super funny god i i want to do a deep dive on that show i feel like we should talk about it i'll have to finish watching it before we can before before we get into that episode as a topic i mean that that was without a doubt actually probably one of my favorite episodes i don't know what it was about it they're getting stuck in the woods one yeah it's such an interesting setting yeah it is it's i like that it's actually a little absurd in a way, because the, the that guy, you know, that Russian guy, he fucking takes him out for a second. They pop him in the head, and he disappears. Yeah. I love how yeah. absurd that is. Right. Like, uh, I think there's almost even an implication that he climbed a tree. Because there's a shot, they find blood, the blood stops at the base of a tree, basically. And then the next shot is them walking away, but the camera is up in a tree. You know, sort of implying the first person of the the russian guy but uh and then just sort of like paulie being vulnerable and almost lying about what the who made the, the, the whole situation happen yeah it's a good it's a good episode oh i have another thought is uh people that drive with their head back on the headrest they weird me out you know when someone's driving and their their head's all the way back <laughs> and it looks like they're sleeping you know yeah i hate that yeah. how many times have you seen that happen though i have two friends that do that no yeah, Ugh. all the time. One of them's getting their PhD in physics right now. Well, they don't deserve it. <laughs> Shut so. up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you got written down? So here's the thing. Okay, uh, I woke up <laughs> at about 2, 3 in the morning, and um, I was thinking about Cardi B, mm-hmm. and if her name was fully like spelled out, you know, like how I, I go by Nate, but yeah. like my full name is Nathaniel. Yeah. And so like I <laughs> I woke up at like two or three in the morning and I was just like Cardi Cardi B Cartholomew Beatrice. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I was thinking about uh cardiovascular B. <laughs> cardiovascular B. Yeah. I I like that actually a lot. She's she's got that cardiovascular B. You need a system to pump at to pump blood to that ass. You know what I mean. the The only other thing I was thinking about is that uh, if Beastie Boys had like a, a psychologist album, it would be called like Mental Illin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did they do License to Ill? Was that License to Ill? License. Yeah. Do you need absolutely. a permit to ill before you get a license to ill? Ooh, hold on. I wonder if you could catch that on the mic. I heard it personally. It smells it's just smells like garbage. <laughs> I don't know my parts they just smell like like you ever go behind a restaurant? <laughs> this is what it smells like. 
God damn. Let's see. So, uh, God, I just, uh, I'll be fine in a second. So I, uh, I was talking to my buddy, Brandon, and he told me a really funny story. So this is a secondhand story, but whatever. Was, uh, he didn't know what a dildo was in like seventh grade or something like that. Oh, okay. I and, felt like uh, right now. Yeah. No, he, trust me, he knows. And so in like seventh grade, some, I don't remember what the conversation was, but some chick called him a dildo, and he thought she said sourdough, and so he just, as a retort, went like, yeah, well, bread's fucking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got her good, man. Yeah, well, bread's delicious, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you dildo. Yeah, well, fucking bread's delicious. See, so yeah, I just had to say that. I also have something down that says... Let me taste those sweet peener boobs. <laughs> so, hold on. Let me explain something. Let me explain what peener boobs is. One day, when I was a child, I have uh, numerous older brothers, and one of them came downstairs, and he says to our parents, he goes like, uh, I saw uh, Dad's peener boobs last night. I saw his peener boobs. And what he meant was testicles. So, in in the infinite creativity of a child, Testicles are now called peener boobs. I almost spit out that McGolden light, baby. Wow, that's Oof. that would have been a shame. Oh yeah, I mean that's like point two five dollars down the drain. So, <laughs> oof, in one fell swoop, dude. You know what I just did, and maybe you'll get to see it next time. So I love brat barn. I I uh, <laughs> I love salted nut rolls. Yeah, you know that candy from Pearson's and the red and white label. Yeah, it's it's a it's a sweet nougat filling covered in caramel, covered in peanuts. It's a little salty on the outside, a little sweet on the inside. Oh, anyway, I went on their website and I bought some T-shirts and a twenty-four pack of salted nut rolls. So I'll get it. I'll show you those next time. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a salted nut roll shirt, dude. I I gotta say, okay, things that would like not need advertising in the slightest are stepping up their merch game, dude. Yeah. And a good example, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Pabst Blue Ribbon, baby. I'm telling you, they they have some dope-ass merch. Yeah. <laughs> like what? They had this, like, 1930s, 1940s-looking, like, waiter dude with kind of like a curly mustache. Right front patch on the shirt. Uh-huh. Right top right corner of the shirt. And then on the back, it had that server on the the full back and it was like support your local service worker or something like that and i had that in my you ever do that thing where you like put it in your in your cart like on the website and then you just like don't buy it sleep on it yeah and uh i didn't i didn't end up buying it but i thought about it a lot and the reason that i didn't buy it is because i don't buy pabst blue ribbon a ton there was a there was a moment in time where i did that moment has passed. It has come and it has gone. Yeah, because, I mean, if I'm drinking, like, beer that isn't craft beer, it, it's going to be McGolden or it's going to be, like, hams. Yeah. I always go for hams, you know? There's something about hams. I like hams, dude. And, you know, I mean, I don't like hams, but <laughs> I will drink it. <laughs> it's cheap. There was a point where, um, before quarantine happened and on one fateful night... Let's just say that. You know what night I'm talking about. The shoulder night. <laughs> yeah, the shoulder night. I think it was either that weekend or maybe the weekend before 
our our good pal Trev and I uh, had just mid afternoon hams. Yeah. At uh, a restaurant where they had it on tap. Yeah. It was like maybe one o'clock. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, you want forty eight ounces of hams for two dollars?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got you. Comes with a funnel to insert it straight into your anus. Right, and I very much was uh, appreciative of that. Yeah. But a commemorative funnel. But uh, there was something special about that. There's something special about having hams at like two p.m. You know. Yeah, there is something nice about it. Uh, I went to a place with my brother a while ago. We were driving down to uh, the famous Red Wing Boots place, Boots Company. And uh, on our way there, there's a, a burger joint, and they just have like 150 burgers on menu. I might be exaggerating. It might be only 100. They got a lot of burgers on their menu, and uh, and then you if you You'll get a. I don't have a glass right now, but you'll get a commemorative uh, glass from the restaurant if you order a ham. <laughs> so we just had some hams, and I had a uh, mac and cheese and hot dog burger. That kind of sounds dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I uh, I was a fan of it. So I haven't been able to get propane for my grill. Bummer. Yet, but I've become the master of the uh, the pan smash burger. I also have become a smash burger cooker. It's it great. Works. It's great, dude. Smash that burger, flip it, toss a slice of cheese on there? Are you fucking kidding me? I haven't done like a full on smash burger because I'm I'm really scared. Of what? <laughs> but of well, what? So I don't I don't know. There I I I want to master like the regular burgers before I just go on to full on smash. Smash is I think smash is easier. Okay. How so? Because uh, you just get some meat and you smash it. It cooks quicker. I personally don't really care much for like big thick burgers, big beefy burgers, if you will. <laughs> I got distracted on them. Did I tell you that big beefy burger story? You did. I just didn't want to like say anything okay. in case you didn't want to tell anything. You know. Uh, we'll say that. Yeah, I think it's easy. Just smash it, bro. Flip it. Call it a night. I'm I'm right there. I th- I feel like I'm I'm ready for the smash burger. I think you should. No, I I I feel like I'll definitely try it. A little bit mayonnaise on it. No, not for me. I know, but you know that already. I do. Everyone knows it. Man, I I can't. Oh God, I I was listening to our last episode and you talked about mayonnaise and I was actually gagging <laughs> from just the talk. <laughs> just the talk about mayonnaise. What, how I'd eat mayo sandwiches and shit? Hey, man, that's like the gross thing I ate when I was a kid. You know, some people ate cold hot dogs. I ate fucking mayo sandwich. It's like the uh, the Kendrick Lamar song. Hot dog flavored water and chocolate starfish. <laughs> I did it all for the nookie. No. um, The what? Ke- Ke- <laughs> the nookie. <laughs> okay. Um, no, Kendrick Lamar has the, uh, the track off of uh, Damn. Mm-hmm. Humble. There's a line in it right towards the beginning where he says, I remember syrup sandwiches. And uh, as soon as you said, I used to eat mayo sandwiches, I just thought of that line. There's like YouTube edits of, of, uh, of course, him just saying syrup sandwiches over and over. That's, that's immediately what popped into my head when you said uh yeah i just used to eat mayo sandwiches speaking of some lyrics what do you, what do you think of zz top sleeping bag i haven't listened to it yet oh yeah i listened to it oh my god <laughs> i got the lyrics pulled up right here and everything can you uh okay well give me how long is the song 
Uh, it's a little longer than you want it to be. (laughs) It's got a couple (laughs) solos, and they really take time to breathe at the end. I mean, check it out. Play it. Definitely. Okay, I'm going to probably cut this, but I want to listen to it a little bit. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the Z-Top Zero Degree Bag. This is a regular size. Let's just get right into it and take a look. I think I got the gist of it. So... The thing about this song I love is, uh, I mean, ZZ Top has a bunch of like really great, just dumb songs. Like they have one called Crunchy, which is very stupid, uh, in a gr- in a good way. And uh, they also do a thing where you know they do like metaphor, or maybe not not even so metaphorical as just straightforward. Like like Tush, they're just talking about getting some ass. Uh, there's Pearl Necklace. I think we can understand the euphemism there. But this one, I'm not so sure there really is a euphemism going on. Even though there's a potential, because, like, slip inside my sleeping bag. I, but the thing is, he's like, he says this. When it's cold outside and you want to sleep in, go for a pellet that's so nice and thin. Zip it on around while it's on the ground. Spread it out and lay it down. Slip inside my sleeping bag. Now, it sounds pretty straightforward. It just sounds like they're camping. I mean, like... <laughs> I think it's about condoms. You think it's zipping on around while it's on the ground? <laughs> yeah. Can I look up songmeanings.com's uh, interpretation of... Uh... <laughs> First of all, love that that's a website. Yeah. Second of all, yes, please. Let's see what this says. Sleeping bag. I mean, they also say, let's go to Egypt, you know, because it's in the plan. Sleep beside the pharaohs in the shifting sand. <laughs> oh, oh, first comment. Another song that pretty much explains itself. Fucking in a sleeping bag. There is the... Uh, I have to agree with the previous comment. There is a possibility for further depth and meaning here, but knowing ZZ Top, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, what the hell, man? Ooh, Beck also has this, has a sleeping bag song. So this this uh, album's on Afterburner, or this uh, song's on the album Afterburner, by the way. If for any of those that want to check it out. Um, Ooh, you know what? I was actually going to say... So, uh, last, last episode, I'm trying trying Mm -hmm. is the uh, operative word to keep track of uh corrections that we should make oh okay or like things that we forgot to say but couldn't think of it in the moment or whatever yeah you were right uh four horsemen is on metallica's kill em all record yes it is something i mentioned was a, a youtuber who does sweet little guitar musical notes his name is ichika nito i c h i k a space n i t o i just wanted to say that because again i i want to try and be accurate i mean a lot of this stuff we're we're flying off the cuff you know yeah i do want to be as accurate as possible I mean, I highly recommend watching Ichikodito's stuff. It's fucking baller. Yeah. He is he is beyond uh, talented. Especially, like, uh, he does little... Pl- so most of his stuff is, like, a minute 30 long. Not not long at all. Very quick listens, to, But he, sometimes he'll do, like, compilations and stuff like that, and it really gives you a, a, a sense of his type of music. <laughs> so Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you remember that, because I wasn't going to. I do have one or two more things. Let me I suck did want to eat peanut butter. 
Let me suck those sweet Let peener me boobs. Suck those sweet peener boobs. Please. 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 <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> please. Please. Uh, Insert three and a half inch floppy, please. Yeah, it's hard to that's a hard hard thing to do. So there's this thing that uh Mitch and I do where we do a robot voice. Kind of sounds like a robot. Microsoft Sam impression, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like like Stephen Hawking. The universe. The thing about it is, it's really fun to do, and it's in person. It sounds pretty pretty great. I don't know how it'll translate to a recording. I don't know either. Oh, I drank my beer. I'm sad. Is it deli- that dull? Fucking god, just delicious. <laughs> Thought that was like a little Jeff Goldblum esque. It's uh um it's uh um. Hmm. He just he just has to throw in like one word to make it a little uncomfortable. Okay, so I was gonna say uh, do a little bit of a talk about Havoc and Megadeth. I need to listen to Havoc still. Yeah, dude, I do. I had it pulled up and I didn't listen to it. You really do. So apparently, now I don't know if it was political. I know I feel like I mentioned it was kind of like a political thing. Yeah, you had that they that havoc was kicked off. Apparently, it was like a contract negotiation thing. Oh, is that so? But wow, what a great album cover! It was probably political. Havoc Havoc Five's album cover is really great. Yeah, they they have they have great album covers. They have um. They really kind of hone in on that '90s aesthetic thrash album cover. Grotesque, like yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, what other one? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It reminds me of just like almost like uh, is it Ark of Suffering? Is that or is that the album by Tourniquet? Or what's the album that that's on? That is Stop the Bleeding. Stop the Bleeding. Wow, I believe. Yeah, I think so. is that the one I'm trying. Hold on, I'm trying to. Uh, that's no, like that's one of their quite early it, albums it is but they had that kind of grotesque uh sort of let's see psycho surgery looks very 90s to me yes you know but what? it doesn't have arc of suffering it does not i'm just looking at their album covers now you know what <laughs> microscopic view of a telescopic realm <laughs> that album cover <laughs> is fucking ridiculous it's got like the mars attacks alien on the cover almost <laughs> Definitely. I love that album. I gotta say, I there's something to that that nineties into the like the early two thousands like thrash metal and especially like during the I don't know. I, I, there's something about it. So Tourniquet. Tourniquet is one of the bands that I feel like both of us kind of have gravitated towards because we kinda grew up we we both kinda grew up in the Christian scene. Yeah, I mean it was definitely my older brothers that specifically my oldest brother that showed me tourniquet and then you know him and i being liking guitar they have great guitar parts right and it's the the issue that i have with metallica that gets solved on most of these uh 90s sort of uh thrash metal albums and stuff like that where yeah. lars lars is really the only issue with metallica <laughs> yeah and i know i've talked about that but but these albums like stop the bleeding and uh psychosurgery yep. and microscopic view the telescopic realm 
microscopic view. Yeah, like those albums. It it it's things where like every musician is such an integral part mm-hmm. of the greater whole. Yeah, that uh, it's something special, man. That and that's the thing that I think is really missing from Metallica because I I feel like exactly what you said where where James Hetfield is really the the shining star of Metallica. Oh yeah. I, I I don't think it really strays far from him being really the main attraction to Oh, no, it doesn't. to uh, why you like Metallica. Yeah. That's a personal preference though, and of course everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't think that Lars is a good choice as far as drum drummers go. And uh, I think it was kind of a right place, right time situation. Yeah. Um, that I just can't really get behind. Well, he's probably a good businessman or something too, you know. And yeah, I mean, I mean, he was the driving force behind behind uh, like stolen pirated music. Yeah. You know, with Napster, he was like one of the people who was actually speaking up about it. Yeah. Which I get to an extent. At the same time. There's something about him I can't get past, and I I wish I could. I really wish I could, because there are so many good uh, Metallica songs, uh, mainly their earlier stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's mostly their. I don't know. You know what cover I love is uh, Vanishing Lessons, Tourniquet's Vanishing Lessons. That like Houdini, um, whatever that's called, the upside down in the water tank escape thing. That is so fucking cool. That cover is so so dang good. Um, <laughs> Ted Kirkpatrick, the the drummer for Tourniquet, he's basically like the sole remaining member of Tourniquet, and um, he was selling the vinyl pressings of most of their early records and stuff like that. I was able to grab a pressing of Vanishing Lessons. What really? Yeah. Wow, cool. Did I not send you the... I don't Maybe, Maybe you did, and I probably forgot. I know that you love Vanishing Lessons, the song. I love the song. I love the album, but I love the song, yeah. That acoustic version is fucking banging. I know, man. I love that acoustic album. Current lineup. Oh, they got the kind of original guitarist. Oh, yeah, they've gone through so many people. They don't have uh, Luke, who I think is the best vocalist. Was he on Vanishing Lessons? Um, yes. Yeah, he's who did Vanishing Lessons, Microscopic View. You know, crawl the crawl the crawl the China. What a what a nineteen nineties song, dude. Okay, you know what? Honestly, okay, so probably not interesting for everybody, but Crawl the China was probably like the least receptive album. I feel like from Tourniquet, probably. Because they were kind of being weird. It, it, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's quirky. Yeah, you know, it's got some really good tracks on it. Like, I mean, I mean, "Crawl to China," the like title track is is great. Titular. I mean, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I, I actually, so just growing up in the church, I feel like I, I actually learned quite a bit. I mean, from listening to albums like this, where it was kind of like a call out sort of sort of album and it wasn't just like a sugar-coated nice album you know (laughs) like i think i mean crawl to china is a great example where 
the the title track off of it was like is is god asking you to crawl to china or just to cross the street and talk to your neighbor you know which is which is like i mean again like i've kind of thrown away my my christian roots because i just feel like it's uh I don't know. We could probably go into that on another whole whole thing. thing. But I, I think that uh, the message behind that is, um, you know, are you asked, are you asked to do something so above and beyond what you're capable of? Or are you just asked to be fucking nice to your fellow man? You know, your your neighbor. Well, that's what, like, a lot of their lyrics focused on, of course, was just the... Which, you know, you can respect if you're not a super Christian or not. You know what? I'm looking at the album listing, and, yeah, they got some good shit on that. That one has uh, uh, Claustro Spelunker, which I love that song. And they got um, got, uh, my other favorite, uh, If Pigs Could Fly. Ah, what's that one? Excuse me while I hear... Cargo? Something Cargo? It's, it's bearing gruesome cargo. <laughs> oh, it's got acid head. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Yeah, dude. Fucking. It's so good. Yeah, that main riff. That fucking riff. That and acid head. Classic. Dude. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you have uh, Mr. Erickson? I did, and that's how Mr. Erickson and I became friends. Is he was talking about um, sulfuric acid, which is H two S O four. And he started singing Acid Head. He's like, Johnny was a chemist, and Johnny was no more. <laughs> but Johnny, that was H2O, was H2SO4. And I was like, I hadn't listened to Tourniquet in like a long time. And I was like, yeah. Isn't that a Tourniquet song that's Acid Head? And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, he was, uh, he's like an old school Christian metalhead. He's kind of a dork, but he's a good dude. Yeah, and, and he was like a chemistry teacher. And uh, there's there's a a track by Tourniquet called Acid Head, and it's uh, there's like this bit that goes Johnny is a chemist's son, but Johnny is no more. What Johnny thought was H two O was H two S O four. Yeah, it's like a, it's a it's a old saying from whenever. Yeah, and he always used to teach that right up at the front of his class, and it was just kind of like a like the the just the dangers of chemicals obviously yeah. i mean you know just one little or a couple little changes could really drastically change the your butt of your stuff so <laughs> of your stuff. i remember i had an interesting conversation with him where we had gotten done with work and we were just like our homework and we were just talking and someone brought up like the afterlife and someone asked me like what do you think happens and i just was like well, I mean, I don't think anything happens, you know. And uh, he just, like, he was sitting by us and he turned and he's like, well, then where do you go when you die? And I just remember being like, whoa, what? I didn't realize he was Christian at the time, but I was like, oh, whoa, you just can't understand the concept that, you know, maybe nothing happens after. It was very weird in a high school setting for a teacher to say that, but he's a good dude. I mean, I'm kind of at that place. It's it's nice. To think that something happens. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a nice happy ending. But the thing is, is that I don't know. It, it's uh, it, again, it might be a a save for another episode. But I think um, just just being the the background that I grew up in, which was a very 
it wasn't strict Christian or anything like that, but it was Christian background. My dad was a youth pastor for like a Pentecostal church. I didn't realize it was Pentecostal. Yeah, I mean... I guess now that I think about it, yeah, it was a little eccentric. So the thing is, is that I have experienced certain things that I I believe to still be true, but at the same time, I, I don't think that Christianity is the end-all be-all. And yeah. I think at this point in time, maybe we'll just kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I I think it's something interesting enough to dive into maybe on next next episode or something like that. I think that. it is. That's but... always an interesting conversation because we've been having this conversation for years. Yeah, we definitely had, and and um, funny enough, we actually had it when I was at my my peak of uh, Christianity, as well as at my, I guess you could say lowest of lows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? That is an interesting topic because we haven't talked about it much in quite a while. There was a point in time where where we used to just uh, buy like a six pack of random beers, you know, split the th- split them throughout the night, and then see where the conversation took us. And that's kind of what we're doing now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of time it took us to a place of religion. Yeah, I think so. And that's specifically because at that point I was I was very deep into christianity and i knew that your upbringing also was kind of in the vein of uh christianity as well yeah i mean there's kind of an overlap with our family because our families are actually quite well at one point in life we're like pretty close you know your parents and my parents were actually pretty close and then things change and whatnot that's a whole yeah that's a whole other thing so it's been almost an hour and a half (laughs) I know, right? At this point, though, we'll leave you with this. Cartholomew Beatrice. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck that's, it. That's it. Thank, thank you for listening. <laughs> but by, by, the, by the way, uh, I have now secured Nate and Mitch are friends at gmail.com, all spelled out. Oh, hell yeah, baby. So if you have any concerns... Uh, song requests um any masturbation techniques you would like us to review send it nate and mitch are friends at gmail.com all spelled out dude nate and mitch are friends baby and that's all you need to know nate's a daddy until next time nate will still be a daddy